and everyone, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 8 of Real with Reed. I'm excited to get into this month's topic, which was not planned uh, a week ago, and uh, had a whole different plan of what we'd be talking about this month. That'll have to wait, uh, because uh, what I wanted to talk about was something that many of us uh, experienced or watched at the same time on Monday Night uh, Football on on January the 2nd, when a player for the Buffalo Bills, DeMar Hamlin, um, had a uh, had a serious um, event happen, uh, a cardiac arrest uh, on the field. And what ensued uh, was um, was amazing on on a lot of different levels. And I've done a lot of thinking and uh, discussing about this uh, in the past uh past week or so. So I wanted to give it some time uh, this month. I hope that the discussion is helpful for you. Maybe it's a discussion starter from you from a perspective uh, of faith. That's what we're trying to do here. Would love for you to rate and review the podcast. Share it, obviously, would be uh, fantastic as well. Let me know what you think. Let me know uh, what you'd uh, like to see covered. Uh, Real with read at Gmail. Dot com is how you can reach me. But without any further ado, uh, let's launch into this topic, uh, Season 2, Episode 8, What the Church Should Learn from the NFL. Well, like so many of you uh, and others around the country, I was watching the Monday night football game with, uh, with our family. And we were going back and forth. And actually, my son Taylor uh, indicated that the he saw on his phone that the, the game had been delayed. And my first thought was, well, I, was it a weather delay? They were playing uh, the game in Cincinnati, Ohio. And the more he looked, he said, no, it looks like an injured player. But it, that doesn't usually uh, warrant the the stopping of, of the game. So, so we turned it on that switched over to the, the channel that the game uh, was on to see a few of the replays. And then just to watch this, uh, what unfolded, um, Damar Hamlin, a player for the, uh, for the bills had made a tackle on T Higgins, a player for the Bengals that didn't look out, of the ordinary in any way, but what happened after certainly did. Uh, there, uh, Hamlin stood uh, to to his feet and then uh, went down. And we know now uh, that uh, he went into cardiac arrest. Um, we know now he is okay. Uh, he is making great progress as of the recording of this podcast. And we also know that what happened there immediately on the field was nothing short of heroic uh, on behalf of the uh, training staffs of, of both teams and, um, and and one of a kind, really, um, something that, that you have really never seen uh, before in quite that way. Um, there, there has been one other player uh, that has died uh, during an NFL game. The player was Chuck Hughes, uh, played for the the Lions, and um, and had a cardiac arrest event uh, on um, uh, in 1971. 
October the the 24th of of 1971. But that was a completely different era, a completely different experience as you read about it maybe in the paper the next day, unless you were there. And even if you were there, you didn't have anywhere near the type of access and information that was flowing out uh, on January the 2nd as we were watching this in in real time. And and so I had some thoughts, uh, had some thoughts about n- not specifically the event. Um, I don't ha- have a whole lot of uh, cardiology input to give or, or even football input. Uh, input to give for for that matter, but I, I do have some input on what I would call uh, the initial response that was palpable and noticeable, remarkable to me. Um, then what I'll call um, the standard response, and I have some thoughts uh, about that, and and then you know finally the the actual. Um, event, the actual response that made a difference, in my opinion. And then what I think the church, um, big C church, any church that uh, is trying to um, promote the gospel, uh, fly the the flag of Jesus these days, um, can learn from this episode uh, with the with the NFL not not a lot of times that I'm thinking about what we should learn could learn uh, from the National Football League but but I think this is one of them and I um, I'm I'm happy to unpack it I'm looking forward to unpacking it uh, together so uh, let me start with this the initial response was so um, remarkable because we had people who, uh, are watching and responding to the event as it happens, and they've never done it before. And, and that produces all sorts of um, emotions and um, awkwardness and is anything but polished and practiced. There, there, there's all sorts of emotions that that bubble up um, to the top. But I, I would summarize it by saying the initial response was nobody knew what to say or do. And and I would suggest that's appropriate. That's that's an appropriate response when we watch a a life that may be ending prematurely, um, certainly um, in a in a bizarre, uh, you know, unanticipated way. That's a really uh, reasonable response to not know what to do uh, or to say. The, the, I remember the faces of the teammates, um, especially the Bills teammates, but, but really across the board. Um, as we know now, DeMar Hamlin was being resuscitated not once but twice um, before being put into an ambulance and, and taken off to the, to the hospital. The, the look... Um, of disbelief, of of just um, terror, maybe would be a word, uh, was universal uh, across across the board. And, and I don't want to draw too quickly to uh, too straight line of a of a comparison, but I, in my profession, um, do attend a lot of funerals, and I. Uh, I have to perform them uh, fairly regularly. And 
and it's a similar it's a similar event, um, regardless of the um, the circumstances surrounding a death. That when you first walk into the room uh, with people who are dealing with loss, is that they don't know what to say uh, or or to do. And and again, I I think that that is an appropriate response um, because uh, the the idea of uh, of loss and and loss of that uh, most precious thing that we you know. Uh, hold on to of life is, you know, is, is a way bigger than we are, uh, idea to, to have to deal with. And so as we watch these players and, and the, the broadcasters, they didn't know what to say and they were trying to say something cause that's their job, but they didn't know what to say. And, and all of it, uh, I think, um, was interesting because, uh, there, there was very little um, blaming, or, uh, or or even taking of sides. There was only one side, actually, in in that very um, first few moments. There was there was only one side, and it was that life mattered, and no one was on the other side of that debate. That everyone would vote that this wouldn't had wouldn't end in Demar Hamlin's death if if you if you gave anybody a vote they would vote um that they, they wouldn't want to see this end the way it seemed like it was was going to end we were so thankful uh that it did not end that way um th- there was a question about uh, w- would they play again and uh, which which seems ridiculous now but in the heat of the moment there are all sorts of questions that needed to be answered that no one knew the answers to and and they of course eventually made the decision uh not to play and and of course it was the right one and what it in fact um emphasized was that people um matter that life matters um more than any other category of thing that we have as humans to to deal with um that that life matters that uh, every person's life is is so valuable and and is so fragile and when faced with that when it came out of nowhere and no one was prepared for it i think our real emotions rushed to the surface and what we watched was this undeniable value of human life um, w- whether in a debate on another topic, we would all agree in, in some way, shape, or form. On, in that moment, unrehearsed, um, unplanned, the fact that people matter, that every person and their life matters, was just on display. And, and in, in one sense now, that uh, Damar is is going to be okay, it, it was a beautiful thing. At at our church, we have this value that says people matter more than programs. And I'm not sure we always get that right, living out that value, but but that's what was happening um, on Monday night. That's what was happening. They were saying that people matter more than our game. 
people matter more than our dollars or our ratings or our advertisers. Um, they were saying people matter more than politics. People matter more than our affiliations. And oh my goodness, wouldn't it be a wonderful lesson for us to learn from this initial response that people really matter. All people, that, that life is is so valuable because uh, of its delicate nature and its gift from our creator. And, and so that was my my first thought as we watched it unfold that night, not knowing what the end would be was that, that what was on display was how valuable one life is. And, and then um, maybe overlapping for sure was this uh, response that I'll call the typical response because what happened to begin to come out, as the story kept unfolding for the next, uh, I don't know, 12 to 24 hours was this line that is repeated often and is uh, maybe too often repeated to have much notice cast when it's, when it's used. And, and this is the line, our thoughts and prayers go out. Yeah. You've heard that one, right? Our thoughts and our prayers go out, which about the 10th time that I heard it um, during the the first few hours, I thought, really? Really, are they though? And I have a cynical streak to be sure, and it's not always uh, helpful to anyone, especially me. But but I I, I thought, really though? Are, Are really your prayers going out? And the follow-up question, of course, would be, well, to whom are you praying? And for what purpose are you praying? And um, and what do you think is going to be the result of your prayers? And, and why do you think that the result should be that of for your prayers? I had this whole you know, inner dialogue going on uh, about this line, our thoughts and prayers go out. And, uh, you know, I, I want to just stop and and maybe uh, look at that statement for a, a minute or two, not not for long, uh, because I, I don't want to be uh, uh, certainly not everyone who said those words uh, said them um, blindly with very little intent to do anything that was spoken. Not everyone, uh, but but it, there is some connection to um, to feeling better about ourselves in the face of a crisis or um, a a tragedy or or something that's beyond our control. Um, We want to do something that makes us feel better, even if it doesn't make anything else better, even if it actually doesn't do anything. um, We, we would like to, to feel better. That That's um, why it's so remarkable that one of the things that happened was that uh, DeMar Hamlin had a charity that, that he had set up uh, to raise money for um, kids uh, who were disadvantaged and, uh, and buy toys, you know, for them. And, and it was a GoFundMe account and, and the fund had, had raised a couple of thousand dollars 
I, I think at that point. And over the next uh, two or three days, more than $4 million was given to this account. Why? Why would that happen? What, why would uh, would someone be be led to that? Because you want to do something. You, you want to do something. And, and that uh, was one of the avenues that people chose to uh, to respond in, and which I would say is way more tangible than saying our thoughts and prayers go out to you when you actually have no uh, plans for praying at all. And, but it, it sounds good and it, it sounds like the appropriate um, thing to say. And, and maybe this allows us to turn the corner of, uh, of what actually did happen because it does uh, maybe give us a clue of how open people can be, how open um, individuals can be to um, faith and a faith uh, laced response when something like the Damar Hamlin uh, tragedy is unfolding. Um, there is uh, a innate um, desire to find some solid ground when we can't control anything that's happening around us. And somehow that has to do with faith and God and things that are sometimes off the radar for many people. And so I, I believe that's what our thoughts and prayers go out is, is sort of revealing. And, and then the most un, unique, interesting um, thing happened. Uh, someone actually prayed. Now, I, I'm going to highlight one person, uh, Dan Orlovsky, who actually prayed on TV. Uh, he works for ESPN, and he was on the NFL Network, and he on television on Tuesday night while uh, DeMar's uh, – critical status was still up in the air uh he actually spent time and 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 prayed on nfl live and the other people on his set bowed their heads and and apparently you know prayed along with him and i'm certainly not uh insinuating that he was the first person to actually pray for demar hamlin far from it but there was something unique and captivating and uh, motivating about Dan Orlovsky praying on TV. And um, all sorts of people uh, then started responding to this. You know, uh, all 32 NFL teams had on their social media pray for DeMar. Uh, before the, the uh, most recent set of games, uh, the, the following weekend, uh, two teams gathered nearly their whole teams at, at midfield before uh, the game and got down on a knee and prayed uh, for DeMar. And the, on the big jumbotron in the, in the corner of an NFL stadium was just the, the words, pray. And I, I, I was taken aback a little bit about 
the actual adoption of and emphasis on bringing God into this situation. Now, look, no one stopped to identify and make sure that everyone was praying the same way, um, with the same intent to the same God. Um, That wasn't clearly uh, part of uh, of what was getting momentum, but but just the fact that in our society, which is growingly post-Christian, there was still this uh, almost uh, grassroots um, flood of people who were drawn to prayer. I think was certainly worth paying attention to. It was it was unifying. It was one of the most unifying uh, weeks that I can remember in a very long time in in our country, anyway, when everyone was pulling for Demar Hamlin to make it, and if that took people praying, everyone was signing up to say yes to prayer, and th- there wasn't a uh, a person that I heard that was saying how offensive it was that uh, the NFL was asking people to pray. I didn't hear that once. I I, I didn't hear any division uh, between denominations uh, of what the the right way to pray actually was. That didn't matter. What mattered was DeMar Hamlin, was the, the life that was at stake. And the the more that the the week unfolded, um, the the more I think you could sense what the possibility is if the people who are in all over the spiritual spectrum, I'm sure, um, would be able to agree on the value of life, of this one life, of each life. how unifying and and motivating uh, that would be, and so uh, I took notice uh, by the time that they played the the Sunday games the following week, Demar was you know tweeting during the game uh, was that had done a FaceTime with his uh, teammates and it was the the message had changed a little bit. And uh, almost everybody that I saw from the NFL, um, sidelines, uh, you name it, uh, had a shirt on that just said, love, DeMar, um, his number three uh, on, the, on the jersey, the Nike swoosh, uh, um, prominently displayed. But, but I'm not going to be cynical about that uh, because there's something connected between uh, – praying because of the value of life and our ability to love each other. And I, and I just was stunned. Um, maybe that's not the right word. Um, I, I was uh, pondering the power of the NFL, of all of the organizations, um, over the last seven days, making this statement, pray and love. Now, uh, but before we're done here, I, I just maybe want to wax poetic uh, for a minute or two and say that I think that the church, the the big C church, the 
the church that is interested in uh, promoting the gospel and, and introducing people to Jesus should learn from this past week in the NFL that there are any number of divisive issues in our day. And that's not to say that they aren't important and the church shouldn't have anything to say about them. That's not the point. But the point is that if we would major on the things that so clearly unified and motivated people over the last week to pray, um, to notice the uh, the value of every life and 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 to love as a result of our prayers, I wonder how much more um, traction, how much more inviting, how much more to use a a, a term that's been thrown around irresistible the the church might be in our day if if we hung our hats on, the prayer for people who are in need and that we could rally around that. And then the love that could be shown um, as a result of that prayer. I, I think that that must have been what was going on in the first century when Jesus of Nazareth was beginning the work of his church. He said, I'm going to build it. Nothing will be able to stop it. And I got the sense uh, all last week that that must have been what it was like in the first century, where one person after another who would not have had anything to do with the organized religion of the day got wind of, caught word of, um, saw both with their own eyes, or heard a story about this this teacher who who thought that everyone mattered, that outsiders, um, the outcasts, the forgotten were invited in and could, because they mattered. And he taught people to pray and he taught them to pray with a more intimacy and, and relational moxie than anyone had, had done so in the past. And, and people were just drawn to him and unified and motivated. And I thought, oh my, that must have been what it was like when, when we were seeing all the Love Demar shirts uh, on Sunday on the NFL sidelines. I thought, wow, the church, the church has a lot to learn here from what we are wired to believe and do as people and in our best hearts uh, want to be a part of uh, something like that, which is, I think, what we're supposed to be doing uh, as people of faith. And I'd love to hear your your opinion. Um, whether you are a football fan or not is beside the point. I hope that you are a, a fan of prayer when it comes to the worth of of every life and and demonstrating that we're through love, loving actions. And so let me hear uh, what you think. And uh, maybe you share this and have a conversation uh, with some folks. The, there's very few things in our uh, country that are as universally uh, understood or aware of 
uh, people that are conscious of than the National Football League. So maybe, just maybe, um, God uses this to continue or to start a conversation uh, about faith. I hope that he does. Uh, that's one of my hopes for this podcast. And um, and God willing, we'll continue the discussion this month um, about DeMar Hamlin, about the events that unfolded in front of our eyes. Um, I'm hopeful to have a former NFL player that I can interview uh, about his time in the league. I, I, there's some really interesting uh, articles that have come out about evangelicalism and the NFL players. I, I think that's really interesting. And so God willing, we'll have a chance to dive deeper uh, into this subject as the the month unfolds. Until then, um, love to hear your feedback. Thank you for listening. This is Real with Reed, and I'm Reed Robinette.